Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone and welcome to the Truck Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Guy. Thanks for joining us on our adventures and we are so glad to have you along. If you're new around here, welcome, and know that the Truck Guy Podcast is your dirt road ride to the freshest inside takes on the latest truck news and test drives, some how-to tips, and, well, just maybe, a dose or two of high-octane opinion. Our guest on this episode is Stephen Elmer. He's a host on the popular Truck King YouTube channel, where he and his dad, who are both gearheads and true truck people, by the way... Test pickups and SUVs by doing a heck of a lot more than just popping down to shoppers for a liter of milk. How? Well, they put trucks through their paces by hitching up 7,000 pounds to test towing prowess. They hit up an off-road course they crafted themselves out of 60 acres of northern Ontario in order to sample a truck's off-road chops. And, in short, they're doing this type of stuff that real Canadian truck owners are likely to do with their pickups. So Steve is going to tell us about this year's Truck King Challenge, a measure in which the team selects their own truck of the year, and gives us some insight into what he's looking forward to driving in 2023. That's all coming up in the next half hour of the Truck Guy Podcast. This is the Truck Guy Podcast with your host, Matthew Guy. And it's Stephen Elmer. Hey, Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Matt? Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on the growth of the Truck King YouTube channel. I mean, you guys are at what now? Well over 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, we're almost at 120k. Um, you know, we're we've been at it kind of full time for over two and a half ish years, and I think the biggest news we have is we launched a second channel just recently called TK Power Sports and RVs because we're trying to cover all of the uh, all of the different worlds related to trucks. So if you got a truck, you also want a sea a snowmobile, an ATV, we're going to review all that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic idea because they go together like. You know, bacon and eggs. Exactly. Especially with travel trailers, right? That's such a popular world these days. And everyone with a travel trailer always wants to know what to tow it with. So we're trying to get into that world as well. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because with your channel, you guys um, test pickup trucks and some of the SUVs as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we focus on pickups, large SUVs. We get into some of the smaller crossovers, but usually also with a towing and off-road kind of focus. If if you say it tows, if you say it goes off-road, we're going to put it to the test. 
<laughs> As you should. There's no point in uh, bringing it to the mall for a, a gallon of milk. There you go, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you guys, I mean, you guys have been doing the channel full-time you know, growing it aggressively for the last couple of years, but this has been something that's been part of your 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 work and and um, your family's work and, and family's lifestyle for a lot longer than that. And you've created a bit of a brand, and you have a particular truck king challenge, right? That's right. So um, your listeners may have already heard. I believe you had my dad Howard on the podcast already. Yes. Um, so yeah, you can check out his episode, but I was lucky enough to kind of grow up in automotive journalism. So, uh, my dad's been doing this since the mid nineties and what you referenced, the Canadian truck King challenge that actually started in 2006. So that was the first year of the challenge. And when it started, the one thing that has never changed is, is our approach to pickup trucks. When dad started this all the way back in 06, he recognized an issue, which was that most automotive media would take a pickup truck, they would drive it empty for a week, and then they would write a review. He rarely saw anybody actually using them like pickup trucks. So that's where he stepped in and said, well, you know, my whole life has been using trucks and towing with trucks and going off-road. So let me apply that to, to this formula. And that's how the Trucking Challenge was born. So when it actually first started, we would gather all the trucks together all at the same time, and we would put them head to head. We'd also bring in six, seven, eight AJAC journalists from across Canada, and they would come in and evaluate as well, because that was an important aspect at the beginning was that we wanted a big panel of judges. So it wasn't always just, you know, here's what the Elmers think. This was here's what the top respected journalists in Canada think. So, so that was how Truck King Challenge uh, was born, and it went along exactly like that for for many years, almost uh, you know over ten years uninterrupted. Every single year, we would uh, crown the Truck King. I, I'll, I'll throw in here too. That's where the name comes from. People think that I'm saying that I'm the Truck King. No, the name was born because we picked the Truck King. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that self-absorbed. Although the name kind of stuck. <laughs> Um, so anyways, yeah, so Trucking Challenge went and went. And then, uh, you know, I, in the meantime, got a full-time job with a different website. And then I started on YouTube. All these years, Dad kept running the challenge. And then when I came back home to do the, the channel full-time, we also hit the pandemic, which clearly created a problem because we could no longer bring in all the people we wanted. We couldn't get the trucks anymore because sourcing them was a pain. So just like everyone else on the planet, we had to pivot as well. And so we basically moved to a, a, an open testing uh, strategy year round. So basically we drive trucks constantly. So now we just go through our year. We take all our notes. We shoot our videos so we know exactly what we said. And then at the end of the year, we look at all the trucks we drove. And, and that's how we end up coming up with our truck of the year. It is our intention to get back to something more like the Trucking Challenge, but for now, you know, this is what's feasible. So it's it's uh, it's what we've been doing for the last two or three years. That's astute because it allows you to still drive a wide variety of things, and you're not limiting yourself to what's available during two weeks in January. Yeah, that's exactly it. And 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 you know, especially in Canada, it's always been an issue trying to source the vehicles, and now more than ever with microchips and. Every other excuse that we've been hearing for the last two years, uh, you know, it's so it's so hard to find the truck. So we we need to be flexible as well with uh, with the automakers to make sure we yeah. can keep doing what we're doing. But I'll reiterate that that you know what the main core kind of uh, benefits or the the core beliefs have not changed, which are we still tow trailers, 
We have 7,000 pounds of concrete that we put behind every truck we bring home. Um, unless it's a midsize truck, then we do 5,000 pounds. Or if it's a heavy duty, in which case we'll try to do 10 to 15,000 pounds. Um, we're growing our off-road course constantly. We're always cutting new trails. We're also very lucky to have 60 acres of our own property. So the off-road course keeps getting better and better, bigger logs, bigger rocks, more mud. So that stuff hasn't changed. If we pick a truck of the year, it's not because we just took it down to get some milk. That's not us, man. I appreciate a lot of customers out there are those guys, and that's totally fine, but that's not us. Well, if it can do what you guys are putting it through, it can definitely do the other stuff. And well, I think that it's it. – right? And just like any sort of good science project or any sort of good theory that you're trying to test, you've got your – um, you've got your solids, you've got your absolutes. So here's, we're putting 7,000 pounds behind each truck. We're not going to put um, varying amounts just because it's just the amount of concrete we have on hand right now. Totally. Totally. And even and even people, you know, we've heard the complaints before, like, well, why are you towing concrete? That's not real world. And and I will partially agree, like not many people tow big concrete blocks. But on the flip side is exactly what you're saying. We tow the exact same trailer constantly so you really get to know what that trailer should feel like so then when you're putting it behind different vehicles it, it it really shows the differences because again i know exactly what that trailer should feel like when it's dialed in correctly and then i know what it feels like when it's kind of sketchy too right so that that's the important of trying to keep things as standardized as possible same with the off-road trails uh, you know we run the same couple of trails like i mentioned we're trying to expand but I know those trails so well that when a vehicle is really, you know, exceeding performance expectations or, or doing less than expectations, it's kind of easy for me to pick it out now just because I've run the same trail so many times. So standardization is, is definitely helpful. It is. I mean, for testing is key. And that comes through in your, in your videos, I find, when you're watching some of the off-road stuff. You know, you, you, you guys are regular people you're talking to the trucks right you're like okay so i'm gonna go up here and i can do this because you've been there so many times you're you're not so much focusing on okay now is that a rock over there or is that you know what's there so that really helps with testing i think and adds legitimacy to what you're doing sure sure and exactly and we you know we try to get off and, and tr explore some other off-road trails but then you're right suddenly now you're focused more on you know, this is my first time on this trail. How slippery is that? How steep is that really? And it's it suddenly you're not as into the vehicle, right? So that's why we try to do the same stuff over and over. But then we also, the other thing I mentioned already is, is travel trailers. We do try to tow travel trailers on occasion because that's, that's also a whole different test. You know, it's one thing to have a flat deck trailer, but the second you get something with tall walls, totally changes how a vehicle tows. So that's not something that's standard because there's so many different sizes of travel trailer, but we try to throw those in as often as we can as well. That will allow you to, to uh, accurately assess some of the features that are present in trucks now, like the blind spot monitoring that includes the trailer, and you can accurately assess if that's working correctly or not. Yeah, absolutely. Or even something like um, the Ford's uh, onboard generator there, Pro Power. Oh, you yeah. Know, it, that, how much that adds to the whole camping lifestyle, right? You're out with your travel trailer, suddenly you have all this power available at the back of your truck. That That's a game changer. That's one of the things that I think that particular brand is doing really well right now because, you know, everyone gets hit with a power outage at some point. Most people do, at least in, in Canada during the winter or at some point during the year. Uh, and I think that that's a great thing in that particular brand of truck. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It was one of those ideas, you know, you know, it's a good idea that because when it happened, I looked at it and said, why 
didn't this happen a long time ago? <laughs> Why didn't somebody do this a decade ago? Like every engine has always been a generator. They've always been generating power. Why didn't nobody do this? So when I think when that's the reaction, it just goes to show you that it was a good idea and nobody had tapped into yet. Yeah, and I mean, 7,200 watts, I think. Yeah, that's the highest you can get in like the uh, the power boost in the hybrid. And that's that's a... Really, if you've got one of those at home, like, I mean, our generator here that we've got for our house is only 7,000. Yeah, exactly. Totally. It's a lot of power. So speaking about electricity and stuff, what, so what are you carrying forward in, into, into this um, Truck King Challenge, your most recent one? So you've got a lot of credibility in that name. Talk to us about your most recent Truck King Challenge. Sure. So, um we again we tried to evaluate everything for 2023 i'll quickly throw the asterisk out that we didn't get into any of the heavy duties beside the ram uh the super yes. duty is new for 23 but no one's driven it yet uh the chevy's new for 24 so who knows when we're going to get into that mm-hmm. uh, we did drive the rebel the other truck I'll, I'll throw out there is the ford raptor r those were also new for 23 both of those trucks are pretty dang good but they're also niche those are not the kind of trucks that i think truck of the year usually goes to unless they really stand out and to us they were kind of already off of the short list so the short list came down to the chevy silverado zr2 this is a canadian podcast so i'm going with zed Um, (laughs) (laughs) and and the ford f-150 lightning and especially because even the zr2 it's an off-road truck but it is such a livable everyday off-road truck um, it's also a truck we've been waiting for now for so long because Chevy's been kind of dragging their heels on jumping into that sort of top tier off-road category. Um, so for those reasons, you know, we thought it was definitely up for truck of the year. And then, of course, the Lightning. I mean, you know, one of the most important trucks probably in the last hundred years. And I, I don't think that's an overstatement, really. And 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 Dad and I, man, we argued a lot. We we really couldn't come up with an answer. And I'll start with the Lightning. Um, the Lightning is an amazing truck, but I think that the story is kind of twofold. You almost have to put it in two separate boxes. So okay. as a product, the Lightning is incredible. The torque is amazing. It tows so solid. The weight of it, the battery pack is so down low that the center of gravity is just incredible. Um, again, we talked about the onboard power. You can plug in over nine kilowatts, I believe the truck has. So you can power so many things. It's smooth, quiet, comfortable. I could go on. Like I, I'm, I, I could honestly gush about this truck. It, it really, in my eyes, is that good. But then in the second box, and you can't forget about the second box, is charging, charge times, and public charging infrastructure. And, and here's where we run into a problem, right? It's just way more annoying to live with that truck than it is with an ICE vehicle today. F- full stop. You know what I mean? Um, the, even with a home charger, and here's where I'll throw out the number. One number Ford gave me is that 80% of EV charging in Canada happens at home. So customers already realize that, like, I'm not buying this due to long road trips. I'm not going to use that public infrastructure. I'm just going to charge at home. And if that's all you ever do, then I think it's perfect. The second you get into the the public charging infrastructure, man, we had so many issues. We had tap, uh, credit card tap that wouldn't work. Thing wouldn't accept our money. Um, We consistently had where we'd plug the truck in and it couldn't get a good connection. And this happened to dad and me. You know, when it happened to dad, I was inclined to say, like, oh, you're just an old man. You can't figure it out. 
<laughs> and then and then it happened to me, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I guess you're pretty smart." And we're both dumb. <laughs> so, anyways, that that happened to us, like I said, ten times maybe, where it said couldn't establish a good connection. Now, was that the truck? Likely, it was. What was causing it? I don't know. Um, and then to add on to all that, it's it's not that inexpensive. Um, you know, we we went from I was just doing the the math on this, so we went from fifty three percent to 90% charge, so about half a battery's charge, on a DC fast charger, and we paid $22. So, you know, double that, and you're basically talking about 45 bucks at a DC fast charger in southern Ontario for a full battery. Now, that's significantly less than gasoline, sure, but that's not nothing. That's going to add up if you're constantly fast charging. Now, Again, you know, I always try to balance these things out. If you only charge at home and you charge it off peak hours, you're going to save a lot of money. But we were a little surprised just to see how much these companies are charging. And right now it's kind of the Wild West. They can install the chargers where they want, how they want, and charge what they want. Not to mention, and like I said, now I know I'm really going on, but uh, there's where we test is way up north and, you know, we live in Canada. So there's lots of rural areas. So even where, where we live, we're in Southern Ontario. So there's lots of cities around, but where my cottage is, it's about a hundred kilometers from the nearest town. And in that town, there is only one charger and it's a 50 kilowatt charger. So, <laughs> so this is the next problem you run into is if the charger is available, you're totally at the mercy of how much power it can deliver. That's right. And for anyone who's not, quite up to speed on the, that terminology the kilowatts that it delivers is almost if if, if you think about a, if you think about a garden hose so a 50 kilowatt charger uh, will be a fairly small garden hose but there are up to um 350 kilowatt chargers in certain markets like southern ontario and then that's more like a fire hose of electricity coming at your truck right. and there are that will of course charge your truck more quickly um if it can i don't know what the Lightning Max is out at now. Uh, Lightning Max is, Max is out at 150. 150. It is 150. Right. So that was, so you will be charging. Does it go, it, it does go linear. So it would be triple the amount of time. Right. So, and, and that's, and that's other information that you also need to know that you really didn't need to know before with a, a gasoline vehicle. Right. Um, so again, this is a long winded way of saying that the amount of change that has to come to your entire lifestyle to own that truck today it's it's prohibitive, and not to mention the platinum lightning I was driving costs one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So you're not saving any money out of the gate, and then, like I said, you're switching your whole lifestyle. We just we looked at it and looked at it, and and that's the biggest reason we couldn't pick the F one fifty lightning, and that's why we did pick the Silverado ZR two. Now, if we can pivot to the Silverado, um, I mentioned before this truck has been a long time coming. And Chevy didn't do exactly what Ford and Ram did. They didn't go crazy, you know, 700 horsepower, insane super truck. They built a super livable, everyday off-road truck. Uh, the Multimatic suspension is so good. It, it drives so nice on the road. And yet when you get up to, you know, Dad and I were lucky enough to test it in the California desert, get up to 50 miles per hour off-road, and it just swallows everything up. Like, it's it's really that good. And then the other thing was the interior, right? The interiors were kind of horrible on that truck back from 2019. They heard all of us complaining. They quickly pivoted two years later, total interior overhaul. And I think the interior is gorgeous. So that's that truck, so much better. 
Yes, yeah, so much better, right? Um, and, and it's the 6.2 liter V8. Now, this is the polar opposite of the Lightning. This is old technology. This is an old V8. There's nothing special going on here. Um, but you know what? That's that's kind of our whole point this year is like this technology is tried and true and it works. And it for 2023, it's still the best solution. For 2023, the Lightning is incredible, but it's not the best pickup solution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's and that six point two. It sounds so good, doesn't it? When you hit it, the, really does. <laughs> I will confess to letting my hand linger over the remote start button while standing <laughs> outside the truck just just for that alone, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does, and it, and it picks up and goes. And then our other experience with it is that it's not that much more thirsty than the five three, you know, and you no. get a pretty nice jump in power, and the fuel economy is not horrible for for that size of v8 so you know what yeah exactly exactly so i know they're they're planning on updating it but that engine's just so good and uh and then and then i should mention the price point i don't remember the numbers off the top of my head but what i do remember is that especially in canada the zr2 undercuts the raptor by many thousands of dollars Oh, so much. Yeah. So when you look at that, then you go, yeah, you know what? I don't need 700 horsepower. I don't even need 500 horsepower. It's fun. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but it's also just crazy, right? The the Chevy, like I mentioned, is such a livable everyday off-roader. Plus throw a trailer on the back and it still tows really well. So it's just one of the best all-around trucks I think that's out there right now. The one that I was in, at least, um, I do recall its MSRP started with an eight, so it was in the $80,000 bracket. And yeah. that's a ton of money, absolutely. But when you're comparing it to the 120 of the uh, of the Lightning Platinum that you were in, that's a that's a world of difference. And the Lightning, you know, just because it has won other awards, but it's the ZR2 is the right pick for where we are right now compared to the Lightning if you're putting those two trucks together. And that was precisely our thinking, right, is is yeah. you can't forget about all that stuff. If if we were just looking truck to truck, I probably would have picked the Lightning. But when you when you back up and you look at the ownership experience, which obviously, yeah, you can't forget about it. We just we couldn't go that way. And then after living with the truck for a week, it just really kind of solidified our, our choice because it was it was annoying. There's no other time I've had to call dad the night before and say, OK, for the review video tomorrow, first, we're going to meet here. And we're going to drive over here and we're going to do this much. And here's how much we're going to run the heater. <laughs> you know, it just, it takes so much planning. Like I mentioned, it's a lifestyle change. That's the best it way is. you can put it. And, and let's be honest, for most of us, we don't want to change our lifestyle. We like the way things are. And most people uh, don't want to have to plan these things out. So I yep. think the EV manufacturers, but especially the infrastructure manufacturers need to be listening and they just need to do their best job to make this as seamless as possible. Like, why do I need an app every time I have to charge my car? Um, why why can't I have a little garbage can next to the charger like the gas station does? Where are the bathrooms by the chargers? Like, these things kind of... 
they seem funny, but it's just, it's obvious stuff. We've already solved the problem once with gas stations. Why are we making these mistakes again? That's what I don't get, you know? And you know people were having this conversation 100 years ago when gasoline trucks first came out, right? Exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, one of, one of and you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll again credit my dad because he's the one who always talks about this. One of his fun facts is that, you know, in the early 1900s, you had to buy gas from either the hardware store or the pharmacy and they'd send away for it and they'd ship it to you in a little gallon, you know, jug and you'd carry it home with you. How annoying is that, that you had to, you know, send away for your gasoline? So it was the same thing when gas started. It was just as annoying. We just figured it out and perfected it, even down to the fact that think about the fact that our fuel nozzles shut off by themselves. If, if we didn't have that feature, how many people would constantly be overfilling their cars? <laughs> what a mess. And you know, all of a sudden you smell like tasty accelerant when you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and again, it seems like a silly thing, but we've we've figured all that stuff out. So we have 100 years of basically collective knowledge that goes into yeah. a gas station. And now we're starting what feels like from zero um, with these chargers. I mean, even down to the fact that the Electrify Canada chargers we use, they have a little maybe 10 by you know eight roof enough to cover the charger, but not enough to cover you while you're charging. So if you're plugging in in the rain, you're in the rain. Like gas stations don't have that problem. So that's why, I mean, frankly, that's why people don't use the public charging infrastructure. That's why 80% of charging happens at home is because these things are just, they're not good yet. And when and when they are, it'll be a different conversation. When we're talking on the podcast in in twenty thirty three, right? We'll have a different we'll have a different opinion for sure. If that process changes to what we want it to be, and to what we've seen some of the grandiose plans of you know these these larger facilities for charging with canopies and you know a, a coffee shop next door and stuff like that. So. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But speaking about the future, what's what's in your hopper for 23? Like there's, you know, you, you talked about the, uh, the new Super Duty is coming. Like, what are you excited to draw? The Super Duty is coming. Um, we've got the Canyon in Colorado, new Chevy HD at some point. Yeah, well, you brought up the first one there. The one that's actually on the calendar right now is the uh, is the new Colorado, which is coming up in February. So that that's going to be exciting. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been since 2015, since those trucks have been all new and, and I guess, you know, they've, they've simplified, right. They've gone turbo only. They've also gone to only one body style. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to drive that thing. And, uh, sadly that the first time we get to drive it, there won't be a ZR2 there, but, uh, the new ZR2 also looks awesome. So that's, it does look awesome. Let me ask you this question now. Um, Chevy has three different power choices in the in the colorado but gmc has decided to put just the 310 horsepower tune into all of the trims i mean what 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 do you make of that like when i'm looking at it i'm thinking okay so i can get a base model gmc with the same amount of power that i can get with a zr2 on the shed side it's it's a it's a different approach for sure for gmc right it definitely is. I was also surprised to hear that every canyon will get the two-inch factory lift. Uh, that that was almost more surprising to me, too. But, I mean, I think it's probably just done in the name of, of differentiating the two trucks would be my, my best guess. Um, however, what's interesting for us Canadians is is here, you know, we're about a 50-50 split GMC to Chevrolet when it comes to pickup trucks. Uh, of course, in the States, they're closer to 80% Chevy, 20% GMC. So, 
this is one of those strategies where I feel like it's very U.S. centric. They figure, well, it, you know, the Canyon doesn't sell as well. Let's make it a little more niche. Let's give it these things as standard to try to draw some customers in. Whereas Canadians, I totally agree. We love our Canyons and our GMCs, but a lot of us just want a basic, you know, GMC rather than getting it all dolled up. And you already know the price is going to be that much higher anyways. So, I mean, I'm not against the idea, but I do think in a way Canadians are, are going to be forced to be getting trucks that maybe they didn't exactly want because we would have just rather had a basic uh, Canyon work truck. Right. Interesting. I didn't know that the sales split was so different between the two countries. Yeah, it, it always is. And I think it's twofold. I, I honestly, first of all, it's got to be just taste. Uh, you know, I think Chevrolet is such a classic American brand that Americans just love Chevys, whereas we're not as drawn to it, you know, patriotically. Exactly. Um, America, baseball, apple pie and Chevrolet, right? That was the commercial. Ex exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have that. But then also uh, Chevy dealers are usually standalone dealers in the States as well. Like the GMC dealers are not usually tacked on. Whereas in Canada, we get the big multi dealers where they're all together. So I think just straight up the dealership model drives more people to GMC as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Super. interesting. And I'll, I'll say it, you know, this is total personal preference, but I've always kind of preferred GMC styling to, to Chevy. And if it's not a lot more money, I think I would lean that way too. So. That's fantastic, Stephen. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, no problem at all, man. Happy to be here and uh, excited for lots of new trucks coming, man. <laughs> Me too. Thank you very much. That was Stephen Elmer, host at the Truck King YouTube channel and all-around truck guy, just like the rest of us here. You know, it was really interesting to learn the discussions and back and forth they have about the F-150 Lightning. And he's right, of course. A truck is a heck of a lot more than just the sum of its parts. I mean, when a machine is so ingrained into one's lifestyle, like a pickup truck is, the longer-term ownership experience, and how easy or difficult that is, I think he's right, it makes up a huge part of the overall satisfaction. And this is why it's so hard, right now anyway, to answer the question of, is an EV right for me? Whether that's a pickup truck or an SUV or another type of vehicle, simply because the availability and reliability of the supporting infrastructure is so vastly different, depending on where you live in our great country. But that's our episode. Big thanks to this week's guest, Stephen Elmer, to our producer, Adam Foster, and to all the listeners for joining us on the Truck Guy Podcast. Be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in truck reviews, videos, and breaking news. While you're there, use the site's comparison tool for head-to-head -head shopping and sign up for their Blindspot newsletter. That'll be delivered to your inbox, featuring a roundup of the week's most important automotive news. And be sure to subscribe to the Truck Guy podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. So you can listen to this truck-loving Newfoundlander and his guests tell a few stories while talking about pickup trucks and 4x4s. Thanks for listening. Music.